Welcome back, everybody. This is Sprouting Joy, and thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm your host, Alzi Robinson, and we're going to be talking about purpose versus passion today. As you know, we have talked about purpose on this podcast before, but in a different context. Today, I'm going to be bringing you guys a story about David, who was a shepherd for his father and then became king over Israel. And if you're not sure who that David is, it's the same David that also beat Goliath. Now, there's a lot to unpack in that story, and I promise it relates to what we're going to talk about today. Just a quick update before we jump into it, though. I have literally been so busy recently. I've been busy with work and with some side jobs and with school. And like I usually say, I almost didn't record this episode. Now, sometimes it can be hard to do the things that you love. It can be hard to continue to pursue something where you feel you're not seeing any fruit in it, any benefit. But something that the Lord reminded me today was that our intentions for doing things and the reason why we do it shouldn't be for selfish reasons or materialistic reasons. For example, you know, your job, obviously you work because you have to, you have to pay bills, but there are other things in your life that maybe you don't have to do. Maybe you aren't bound by money or a scholarship or something that's going to benefit you. Not everything that we're capable of doing in this life is going to benefit us but that doesn't mean that it's not worth doing something i was convicted of today was doing things that benefit me and not because they benefit the lord now it's easy to kind of set your priorities as okay well how is this going to help me but what the lord is trying to instill in us is a servant mindset And he really wants us to understand that not everything is about us. Now, I know you could probably be like the most selfless person, you know, and truthfully and humbly, and you just work really hard for other people. But think about your intentions behind some of the things that you do. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with what you do. I'm just saying, you know, take a step back and and check your heart sometimes. Ask the Lord to check your heart and guide you to areas that you may not be serving him as diligently just because there might not be any benefits for you. Now, I'm speaking that from the heart because I was truly convicted of that today um, because of something that happened. I was praying on a walk and I realized this is something that I have been doing unintentionally, of course. But now that I know, I'm going to work intentionally towards doing um, against it. Now, let's just hop right into today's episode. So as I said, we're going to be talking about the story of David. So David was a young shepherd boy. He took care of the sheep on his dad's farm and, you know, he minded his business. But the Lord had a different purpose for him. So I just want to quickly distinguish um, what purpose and passion are. So purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So as you know, God created us with a purpose. He created every single one of us with a reason. He needed us to be alive on this earth for a reason. What that reason is, maybe you know, maybe you don't know yet. But 
everybody has a purpose no matter what it is and sometimes we can get discouraged in this lifetime because the world around us tells us that we have no purpose that if we don't live up to their standards we're worth nothing and a lot of times we can fall victim to this belief we can adopt this mindset that that's being given to us by the enemy by his lies by the manipulations of his world and we succumb to its truths instead of listening to what god has to say now let's check out what passion is passion is described as a strong feeling or emotion honestly i thought it was going to be um, something different because well yes it could be a strong feeling or emotion I feel like passion being passionate about something means that you truly care for it with all your heart all your mind and all your soul something that you work tentatively towards something that you truly put your best foot forward towards something that you work for maybe it's a dream maybe it's a hobby maybe it's you have a passion for reading books and you really work towards reading books you put your honest to god effort into reading books everything you do everything you research all all of it you just you love it because you love it through and through another example how jesus died for us he was so passionate to save our lives and to give us a chance at seeking him and 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 speaking to god and going to heaven that he was willing to lay his life down on the line for us now obviously we're not going to be doing that for just anybody right like that's not something that we do day to day in a day-to-day setting a passion could be like i said a hobby you could really be passionate about playing an instrument you could really be passionate about knitting or sewing or crocheting or whatever other hobby you may have maybe it's gardening it's something that you sow time into because the benefit to you is just being able to do it so being passionate about something doesn't matter what it is now purpose like we talked about a reason for being a reason for doing something so obviously most things in your life i'm sure have purpose you know you have a dog you take care of them that's your purpose with the dog the dog's purpose is to bring you happiness bring you companionship whatever reason you bought the dog or cat or bunny or lizard whatever animal you prefer doesn't necessarily have to be an animal purpose could be your job your job serves a purpose it gives you financial income it gives you maybe a sense of opportunity or leadership maybe it helps you get through school i mean there's so many things in this life that have purpose a car the purpose of a car is to drive it car has a given purpose it is used for something it is intended for something and it is still important in its own right so now that we've covered what purpose and passion are why are they different why am i saying purpose versus passion well just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean it's your purpose now what i mean by that is sometimes i feel like we put so much weight onto a dream or a goal or this idea 
um, that we have for ourselves in this life so much so that we almost intertwine it with what we believe our purpose is and so of course as many things are going to fail in this lifetime when we don't get what we want or we do get what we want but it's not exactly what we thought it was going to be we lose our sense of purpose now this also came up to me today when I was praying on my walk because I thought back to a class I took, growth track class for church. And um, our leader made a comment that really stuck with me was that your career isn't your purpose. Your job isn't your purpose. Whatever job you're looking to have, whatever desired career you have, it isn't a purpose. It's not your purpose for being. It's not what God called you to do. Now, that's not saying it's not good, it's not God-given, it's not a blessing, but it doesn't mean that that is your sole reason for living. And I feel like sometimes it's so easy to get wrapped up in the idea of just wanting to fulfill our dreams, thinking that it is going to give us a sense of satisfaction that's going to be like, okay, I made it. Like, you know, just just that one thing that you were missing just that one thing just that one car just that one job just that one person just that one house just that one trip whatever it is that just that one thing is for you it can take over your sense of purpose your sense of idea or identity it can make you believe that if you're able to achieve just that one thing that everything is going to magically work out for you and that's not the case that is not what God calls us to do so I just want to hop in really quick into the story about David so I'm going to go part by part obviously because first he was a shepherd and then he was called on by Saul and from that He went on to fight Goliath, which he beat Goliath. And because Saul was thrown out of his position by God, he was, um, I think the word is unanointed or disanointed. I'm not sure. But the anointing was taken off of Saul and placed on David. Throughout 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, uh, Saul and, and David go against each other a lot. But David vows to never kill Saul because he said he was once anointed by the Lord and it would be wrong to kill somebody anointed by the Lord. So David never killed Saul, although Saul tried to kill David more than once and was unsuccessful because God had his hand over David. So we're going to start at the beginning. 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 36. This is David speaking. I work as a shepherd for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear has come and attacked one of my lambs, I have gone after it and struck it down to rescue the lamb from the predator's mouth. If it turned to attack me, I would take it by the chin, beat it, and kill it. I have killed both a lion and a bear, and as your servant, I will kill this uncircumcised Philistine too, since he dared to taunt the armies of the living God. Now, you can see... He's passionate about his job as a shepherd. He did this with love and care. He tended to the sheep. He tended to his flock, just as Jesus tends to us as his ship, as um, his flock, since he's our shepherd. You can see that he has a lot of passion in what he does. He cares about these animals. He truly defends them with his life. This is something he is passionate about. 
But you see, just because he is passionate about it, it doesn't mean that that's where God wants him to be. Yes, for the time being, God had him there for a reason. Maybe to prepare him for what was to come next. Maybe to give him the skills necessary to beat Goliath. But the way I like to interpret this, God wanted David to live the life of a servant before he can lead others. I think it's it's true, the saying, the best leader is somebody who's once a servant. I'm, I don't think that's the exact phrasing, but something along the lines of that has been um, mentioned at some point in history, right? But it's true because... A servant has served others. They have met the needs of others. They have done things for others selflessly, carelessly. They do it out of love and out of respect for other people. They serve others with a passion, with a desire. A leader obviously is going to lead people. They have to hear people's needs out. They have to um, help the people as best as they can. How, How else could a leader lead people if they don't know what they need? I mean, leader and servant are not quite different. In both in both positions, you're serving people, you're helping people, you're listening to their needs, you're doing as they ask of you, you're you're doing what is best for them. You're serving them. It's you're serving them at the end of the day. You want to call it volunteering, whatever it is, you're serving them. The only difference is the importance of that role in the importance meaning the perspective of the position you look at a servant and you're not going to think oh my gosh you're so high and mighty no you're just going to think oh, okay you're a servant like you're just a good person but you look at a leader and you're like they have fearless qualities they know how to speak to people they know how to listen to people they have all of these amazing qualities that have dignified them to be a leader. That is why they were chosen. But at the end of the day, it's just the title because the roles are basically the same. So I think that David worked as a shepherd so that he could learn how to be a good leader and see how intentional God is even way, 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 way before any of anything, anything that was even mentioned that david would even become a king it wasn't even on the it wasn't even on the table he simply was being chosen as a servant to kill a philistine because nobody else could he was chosen as a servant now notice this he served he worked for his father as a shepherd that is the most humble position that you could work in i mean there were other jobs at the time i mean they he could have done something that in that time would have had a little bit more of an important role but he was a shepherd very humble wore shepherd's clothes wasn't like a high paying job i would assume wasn't even probably paying he was just doing it for his father for his family so moving on from first samuel we read that david worked as a shepherd right now we're going to move on to where david um, and goliath begin to fight first samuel 17 says now the philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at soko in judah they pitched camps at 
Ephes de Mim between Soko and Azekah, Saul and the Israelites assembled in the camp of the Valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span, which I don't know how many... How, like i don't know the measurement of cubits but i believe it's like something like a meter in in some change i could be wrong though but he was a big boy like he was a giant at the time he was one of their giants like because giants existed but that's besides the point um it just goes on to say like his outfit he had like a huge spear shaft that apparently weighed um, the point on it, the iron point on his spear, weighed 600 shekels, which I don't know how many pounds that is. It says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? So notice how he uses the title um, of himself as a Philistine. So obviously implying that he is of high stature and naming the people lining up to battle him servants of the king servants he says choose a man and have him come down to me if he's able to fight and kill me we will become your subjects but if i overcome and kill him you will become our subjects and serve us then the philistine said this day i defy the armies of israel give me a man and let us fight each other and basically they were all very scared because i mean if you had a big giant man yelling at you saying, pick your best man, send him over here, I'll pluck him, I'll, I'll pluck him like a twig, and you guys are going to work for us. Like, that's scary. And let's get into David's qualifications. I just, I really think this is important. Uh, because it just goes to show how God picks the people that he works with. It's just interesting. It says, Now David was the son of, of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. David was the youngest. Out of eight grown men that they could have chosen, that God could have chosen, he chose David, the youngest the one who tended to his father's sheep. So it says, the three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So not only was he working with Saul and serving Saul, the king, after serving Saul, he would go back home to Bethlehem to take care of the sheep because that was what he did. Notice the posture of his heart to not only be serving Saul but to still go back and fulfill his duties as a, as a shepherd anyways it goes on saying all this stuff about his brothers and how they began to try to fight and his dad sending David to go take care of his brothers so he was just going to deliver some food and some cheese to his brothers and make sure they were okay and let his father know like a good word that they were still safe so david gets there 
And it says in 22, it says verse 22, David left his things with the keeper of supplies and ran to the battle lines to ask how his brothers were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him, talking, wait, sorry, I jumped a verse. They all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give him great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. So I would say the benefits were pretty high on this one, but I believe they were so high because they really didn't believe anybody was going to be able to actually defeat the guy. So now David is asking, why is this guy, uh, why are we fighting him? Like, what's the deal with him? Why is he acting like this? Why is he trying to defy the armies of the living God? So that shows his faith. He believes God is living, which he is. And he's like, all right, who's this guy trying to step it up to the man himself? Like, what is he, who does he think he is? They start to tell him what happens, who this guy thinks he is, and David's oldest brother gets mad. He's like, why are you here? Why don't you take care of your little sheep? Like, you only came here to watch us lose. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so conceited? Why are you so selfish? Like, go back to your sheep. That's basically what he's saying. And David's like, come on now. Like, what did I even do? Like, why can't I just speak? Like, what's wrong with talking? So, of course, he turns away from his brother and continues to ask what's happening. Once report that David got there, Saul called for him. This is where we get into it. It says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart. On account of the Philistine, your servant will go and fight him, meaning himself. Then Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. So let's see the see the qualifications here to any logical human mind a shepherd who is just a servant and is the youngest and smallest boy in his family compared to this giant who has been fighting people since he was like out of the womb i mean you would say hmm this doesn't seem very well matched up i'm going to go ahead and say that it's not going to happen but god says different let's continue after that david said to saul your servant has been keeping his father's sheep and he lets him know exactly what he does right he's like i take care of these sheep for my father like, don't even worry about me. Lord has rescued me from lions and bears. He's going to rescue me from this Philistine. He is confident in his Lord and Savior that he's going to protect him. So Saul is like, go ahead. And basically, David goes in there, does his thing, shoots his shot literally at the Philistine's forehead. Bam, cuts his head off and he wins. He wins the battle. 
So this is a turning point in David's life because now he went from just being a shepherd boy, a servant in two areas of his life to being the only person who could defeat this giant. And now he's going to send this huge army fleeting in fear because their biggest man has just died and he is holding his head in his hand. I say all this to say our purpose doesn't always lie in our passions. I mean, that that story right there, I know it was a lot, but just to condense it, David worked his whole life as a shepherd. Maybe there's something in your life that you have been working towards for so long and you just feel like you're never going to get out of this position. Like you're, you're just never going to achieve this goal, this dream, this vision that you have. You have this idea that if you just if you're like stuck in this area where you're at, you're just never going to grow. And God is like, I have bigger and better for you than you could ever imagine. Right now, all you see is what you're serving in. Whether you're serving at your church, you're serving in your community, you're serving at your job by being an employee there, because that's still serving. You're serving people. No matter where it is that you're serving, no matter what that looks like for you, it can be discouraging sometimes because you feel like, you're just never going to achieve your dreams. You feel like the desires of your heart aren't heard and that's that. But God has bigger and better plans for you. Whether your desires are aligned with his or not, his plans are always going to be good no matter what. So you just have to lean on him and trust in him because I get it. I understand feeling like you're just stuck like you're stuck in a hamster wheel and nothing seems to be changing and you just feel like you're never going to reach your dreams anytime soon time is running out tomorrow's never promised you don't know what's going on but just know that despite what your passions may be take heart and go in peace knowing that your purpose is so much greater than you can ever imagine i mean think about david he was a shepherd and now he just literally defeated the biggest guy in the enemy's army like i don't think that he went to bed every night dreaming about how he was going to throw a stone and defeat this philistine and like practice his whole life sometimes the thing that God calls you to are the things that you feel the most underqualified for. And it's true because sometimes we feel like, oh, we're just, I can't do that because I just, I'm not capable of that or I'm not creative enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not blank enough. We fill in that spot because we believe that we're too underqualified for what God has called us to do. But as you can tell, God's way of picking his people is so intentional and so wacky to the human mind. Because to us, we'd be like, well, why would you pick the smallest guy, like uh, the runt of his family? Like what? That doesn't make sense. But to God, he's like, I have a plan and I have a purpose. He has a servant's heart. Therefore, I know he is going to lead my people uh, by the desires of my heart because he has served me so diligently. So take heart. 
if you're listening to this, take heart. Doesn't matter what you're doing, doesn't matter where you're serving, what that looks like for you. Know that God sees you and he hears you and he he knows that you're working hard. He sees your work. He knows your desires and he has plans for you that are going to exceed anything that your brain can ever conjure up. All you have to do is trust in him. David trusted in his Lord and had faith that he was going to lead him through the battle and here he is. And I just wanted to close out with uh, the last passage that shares David being king because I feel like this can be a solid piece of encouragement. You know, sometimes we see other people reaching their dreams, living out their goals, and we just feel like we're never going to get there. But just know that somewhere along the line, God has something for you. And I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. But God knows what it is. And his nature is good. His plans for us are good. So you know that it's going to arrive at the perfect time, at the perfect place, and the perfect season. So Samuel two or Second Samuel five says, All of the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed Ding, er, they anointed David king over Israel. Sorry, but yeah, I just want to share just a quick thought that I got from that. If you feel like the work that you're doing right now, what you're serving in, if you feel like it has no purpose it has no meaning behind it you feel like it's useless just know that god has you doing whatever it is that you're doing for a very specific and intentional reason i like the wording in that verse and it's so intentional because it says the lord anointed david and said you will be the shepherd over my people he was a shepherd over sheep now he's a shepherd over the lord's people Maybe you can't see it in what you're doing, but there is something in your serving right now in this season of serving that you're in that God wants you to learn because it is going to be what leads you when you start to live out your purpose, when you start to fulfill what it is that God wants you to do. And just know that you don't have to complete a certain amount of steps to reach your purpose. Just by being alive every single day, loving the Lord and seeking out his kingdom, you are already living in your purpose. God just has so much more abundantly for you that he wants to bless you with and to lead you in. So all you have to do is be faithful and patient. I know it could be hard, but it's so worth it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I mean, that went on for so much longer and so much better than I expected it to be. So thank you, Jesus, for such an amazing episode. Um, I just want to say if this encouraged you, feel free to leave a review because it really helps boost my podcast to other people who are like-minded and need some encouragement. I just hope you have an amazing rest of your week. This is your midweek checkpoint. Stay tuned because we're coming back next week with a banger. Bye.